3: The latest study conducted by CDD in 2021 estimated that that it cost 4 million Ghana cities which in dollar terms was 693,000 and USD 100 million to fund a parliamentary and a presidential campaign respectively in Ghana. Now looking at our current economic circumstances these figures are likely to be even much higher. And as
4: I stated earlier, because of our current economic crisis, additional state financing may not be a viable option at this time. Even if that became an option in the future, I commend that we put in place an explicit public funding of political parties' bill in a bipartisan and inclusive manner to regulate this phenomenon.
5: So tonight on Ghana Connect, as a citizen, are you willing to spend a bit of your tax money to finance political parties. So in exchange, you can, the state can, exert more control on campaign financing and what the parties use the money for and how much they can raise to deal with challenges such as illicit flow of funds into politics and corruption. Is that a trade-off you're willing to live with? Ghana will connect here. Enjoy 99.7 FM. on joy 99.7 fm this is ghana connect and this week the conversation was reignited civil society have been working for so long now to get some form of legislation that will regulate campaign financing in ghana there are significant challenges there that need to be addressed because apart from the fact that we are seeing illicit flows into political campaigns there are also campaign merchants who just wait for election seasons. They pump money into the campaigns and then wait for their favorite candidates to win so they can milk them. In effect, they milk the state because they believe that they've made an investment before they won the elections. And that is why civil society have always proposed that something needs to be done about it. I wanted to listen to CDD's Kojasante.
3: The latest study conducted by CDD in 2021 estimated that that it cost 4 million Ghana cities, which in dollar terms was 693,000, and USD 100 million to fund a parliamentary and a presidential campaign, respectively, in Ghana. Now, looking at our current economic circumstances, these figures are likely to be even much higher now. Concerning financiers, we know that in spite of the large membership base of our political parties, just a minute portion of campaign funds are sourced from party members or the general public. Rather, political parties and political politicians rely heavily on special interest groups and individuals and businesses, uh, business financiers to raise money for campaign activities. It is worth noting that the reliance on a few elites and special interests for funding associated with political campaigns inevitably makes politicians vulnerable to capture by these interest groups.
5: So that is a problem. Well stated by Dr Kojo Asante. And so how do you deal with it? One of the suggestions says, well, all of us taxpayers, we must be ready uh, to pay a bit of our taxes or allow a bit of our taxes to be used to finance the political parties and political campaigns. And then we, in return, take back control and regulate how they run their campaigns through law well former president john dramani mahama says that will be difficult now because of the current economic conditions however down the line we should revisit it but do that uh, through a properly regulated body
4: as mentioned in the absence of such support and given the huge cost of political activities Wealthy party financiers take over as political godfathers who determine electoral outcomes and all that follows it. And as I stated earlier, because of our current economic crisis, additional state financing may not be a viable option at this time. Even if that became an option in the future, I commend that we put in place an explicit public funding of political parties' bill in a bipartisan and inclusive manner to regulate this phenomenon. I further recommend that should public funding of political parties be scaled up in the foreseeable future, then an independent and credible institution must be selected to administer the state resources advanced to political parties. In that regard, a sharing formula could be established to ensure fairness and specific disclosure requirements on beneficiary parties must be imposed. This must be complemented by auditing and publication of party accounts. Even though I do not recommend additional state financing at this time, I accept a lot more needs to be understood regarding how political parties are financed.
5: So that's uh, the John Mahama proposition.
2: Escuchas ese rugido. Sientes la experiencia de poder, la emoción de la libertad. Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram mil hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC.
5: So his proposal is to have a public funding of political parties bill. Uh, the public funding bit means you, the citizens, will have to fund it, and then, of course. Um, regulate the uh, activities of the political parties even more closely. Let me bring in my connectors who are joining us tonight for, to have your say, citizens on this very important conversation whilst we keep an eye on what is happening on the floor of Parliament. I promise you, uh, once the, the vote is done, we will bring the uh, outcome and the results to you here on 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 Ghana Connect as well. Uh, but let me bring in Chris uh, Tadeka, he's a youth activist, and Peter Kilson is also a youth activist and a former student leader himself. Uh, let me start with you, Chris. Chris, so um, th- this is a starting point for this conversation, uh, civil society groups have been campaigning for this. Where do you stand on this, on the first question of, as a citizen, uh, do you agree that the state should fund political parties?
6: Okay, thank you very much, Evans, um, for this opportunity, and I want to say a very good evening to your listeners and viewers. Um, I believe that civil society organizations, as uh, Dr. Uh, Elia said, um, the the audio that you played from Dr. Popolampu, I I believe, is from a public policy perspective. I mean, um, from a marketing perspective, uh, it's... It it, it does not sit well in terms of political parties having to rely on the state. Um, The question here is, you nurtured your own ambition to become president or to become member of parliament. Why then should we um, use our tax money to sponsor or finance your campaign? And so I, I, I believe that it was in the right direction that the former president used the word Consensus, because it would have to go through a lot of processes to get people to understand. But the argument has been that we pay taxes. Even our basic needs as citizens, we do not see government providing that, as, that to us. So why then should we contribute so a portion of it is given to viable political parties to, to win elections or to become leaders um, of, of, of the country? So i believe it boils down to citizen trust in government when it comes to public fund funding and public um use of our resources yeah
5: that's what it comes down to for you uh, uh, peter where do you stand on this you agree hello peter okay uh, let's uh, get get peter back on so he can hear his thoughts on this but chris this we want to clarify so bottom line Uh, Are you for or against public funding of political parties?
6: Um, Currently, I would not. Um, In fact, the country is in um, an economic turmoil and we cannot just come to the understanding that political parties should be funded with our taxpayers' money. Um, We, we, like, say again? No, go on. Yes, so, like, we've already been contributing to, to... to things in this country, we pay taxes. Um, already, there's been an argument about, even let's say, for example, this cathedral that is being built, the National Cathedral. The question here is, is it a prop? Is it a solution to the problems that we have facing this country? Um, I believe last two days we we celebrated World Water Sanitation Day. Um, there was um, a documentary by Joy Joy TV, and we we could see the the number of villages, especially in the northern part of the country, that do not have access to portable water. So somebody who works in in, in the northern part pays their taxes, and then that money is being used to, to sponsor a political party when they do not ha- even have access to portable water. So Evans, I, for me, it, it, it is a no-no. I mean, that is why it's public policy. The conversation can go on and on and on and once that consensus is built um, for or against it then we can come to a final um, agreement. But okay. for now I don't think it's a step in the right direction.
5: Okay, So it's a, so it's a no for you for now. Uh, Peter, why do you stand on that question? Uh, should the public uh, fund political parties?
7: Yes. Uh, can you hear me clearly?
5: Yes, I can, Peter.
7: Yes. I, I strongly believe the position that political parties must have some level of You know, investment or support from the state. However, that investment or support we get from the state should be 2nd For example, a lot of political parties in this country are what actually sustain our democratic efforts and the democracy that we have consolidated for nearly 20 years. However, it does appear that we run a kind of geopolitical politics. Which gives a lot of credence or sort of undue, quote unquote, undue advantage um, of the NDP over the others. And so, if states made it a conscious effort to invest in the activities of the other minor parties, which faith usually struggle to come up in terms of logistical support, I think it will be better in preserving our democracy and building a democracy that goes beyond. MDC and MCP. and so for me, even beyond the support to, I would generally propose that we give to the other parties. I would suggest that political parties at least get some level of logistical support to complement their usual administrative and operational, you know, activities. The fact of the matter is that this is not the first time. In fact, I joined the project about six foundations. foundation. And such a debate came up for, you know, discussion. And it was realized from the fact that, that political parties already have benefited from, you know, wide support from the state. The talk of vehicles given to these parties in etc. I strongly believe that it must not be in the form of, you know, huge, um, um, you know, exorbitant financial investment. However, we can look at, you know, um, support in the form of logistics, in the form of verification. In fact, we look at PPP, um, CPP, and the minor parties, and they do struggle in elections. And so if their real intent um, is to consolidate our democracy, then we must look at complementing the efforts of these smaller parties so that at least they can get some support of breathing space in the kind of electoral politics that we do. However, if their intent is actually to sponsor parties in a very fashion, then our government do this as well. This is why this has been really the intent, is to strengthen our democracy. There are as several arms of uh, of, uh, of uh, democracy that have been supposedly neglected, and the fact remains clear that the NCC is one of the most under-resourced state institutions. In fact, even if the NCC were to be strengthened and enhanced the way we all anticipate state were expected to be, I'm telling you that political literacy in this country would have reached a certain appreciable level we will not have politicians toy with us anyhow the level of you know awakeness and sensitization of the fake agencies would have been massive however these agencies have been left to bear and so if we're if we're going to you know look at the wholesale investment then i would disagree then i would prefer that the NCC is giving the kind of support that we want them to get I'd prefer. That drug was given the kind of investment that they deserve. I prefer that the office of the special prosecutor that has been complaining ever since the time of its inception about the lack of resources and the blatant disregard of investment for its activities. I prefer that such an institution is given a kind of moral and financial support to need. Who are here mutinomically complaining? Who are here now to say that complaining? It seems and it does appear that such then will continue. Even if todays are in this office or in the future government. And so if the idea was to consolidate our democratic enterprise, then we can look at existing institutions who have been disregarded or left to rot. And so you, I particularly have a story. I did my internship when I, I was in the at the regional headquarters of the NCC. And I can tell you for a fact that the entire regional headquarters or original setup of the NCCU. they didn't have an official vehicle for the regional director. I can also tell you that the office of the regional director didn't even have proper ventilation system. And so a lot of the times, it's either a rickety fan would be hovering, which would be generating with less noise, or they have to open up the windows to allow fresh air to come in. In my department where I went, there were three other office compartments. And we were being serviced by just a single fund. And this is the National Committee for Civic Education, whose constitutional and moral duty is to educate citizens and ensure that citizens are up to date with regard to matters of the state and matters that actually concern them. But these agencies are unfairly neglected. And so, if the state had about 50 million Ghana cities left to invest in wholesale um, political activities, I in 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 myself and my natural conscience would prefer and propose that such money go to the necessary constitutional bodies that have been blatantly disregarded. Okay, so
5: I mean, so so if you're so, so, so. able to if, if, if
7: we able to cross that bridge, then I can propose that well we can look at the other side parties or minor parties that we have Okay, so far as you're so as far as you're concerned,
5: uh, cla- the, for, the
7: idea of transparency and accountability is mute and flawed. And this is this is how I would explain it. Okay, so so, fact, so it, it is it, so so Kill Singh so, so yeah, that uh, political Kilsing. parties spend even more than a hundred million dollars in running proper elections in this country. There is actually no way that a government support of even ten million dollars can in any way suffice the activities of these political parties. That would not stop corruption in any way. We must look at the audit system, the audit processes of how, you know, um, um, funds or resources generated by politicians go through. We must be thorough, and chancellor, about how we review the funding and the resourcing processes of these political parties. In a way to prevent the kind of, you know, clientelistic politics we have in this
5: countries so I see you laying uh, a series of conditions uh, a series of conditions for your backing or public funding or political parties uh, Chris you've had the the conditions as uh, Peter had laid um, the smaller parties you focus on them so you can build their strength as well so that you don't have this du- duopoly and then he says, yeah, state institutions that are equally not uh, properly funded, you want to deal with them first. And then he says, well, I mean, the parties, if you are spending $100 million to run a national campaign, um, the state possibly cannot afford half of that in, in this current state. Um, what do you make of the conditions that he's laid out, uh, Chris, just as we nuance the conversation a bit more?
6: The, the, the point here is someone can argue that do you not think this is deliberate, that these state agencies that are supposed to educate the citizenry are under-resourced, is it not um, a, a plot by the, the government? Is it not their, their intention or is it not deliberate that or is it not in their interest that the citizenry do not know the power that they will and, and things that they, they are supposed to know? So it boils down to the control that the state has. The, the Constitution gives our president so much power. Um, I mean, just some few oh, days ago you you had arguments um, all over the media about the president's appointment of um, a known party activist, a party activist in his party, to, to the Electoral Commission, as one of the commissioners in, in the Electoral Commission. So the question here is, why don't we have systems in place to check the president and his um, appointments to some of even these um, state agencies that that Kilsen talks about. So we have the president appointing the head of the NCC. We have the president appointing um, electoral, I mean commissioners. All these agencies that he made references to, and there's Evan. total control that the state has. So th- th- the question here is, we then cannot understand why that all these things, or I mean, the state has all these these powers, and at the end of the day, we contribute for them to run their own activities to campaign Ever. to us. You know, so it's... it's I, I can understand the, the perspective he's coming from. But for now, it's a no-no. Uh, it, it, it's a no-no. It's a I no-no. Mean, although from a marketing perspective, political parties are supposed to find um, their own resources to convert votes from, from the citizenry, which is what they've been doing This, I mean, over the years. And that Ever. is why we have a plutocracy um, situation here, where the country is being run by wealthy families and um, wealthy businessmen, and but, but the question here is, do we have an effective regulatory body, which mm-hmm. is the Electoral Commission? And you look, you look at that, that, that particular situation, and it's even the president that appoints the commissioners. So, at the end of the day, it's like we, <laughs> there is no solution mm-hmm. to this particular issue.
5: Okay. So uh, k- 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 Kilsen, I know you wanted to say something very briefly. Then we move on to the next level of the conversation, which is the uh, regulating the state, regulating uh, campaigns, political party uh, financing, and, and the campaigns. Yes, Kilsen, you wanted to say something to uh, to Chris. Yeah. Uh, uh, what I want to say to
7: complement the issue is that we are talking about financing of political parties and whether it is right or wrong. We are not talking about whether the process or procedure you know, do which we appoint heads of such institutions that afford them. The fundamental issue we are talking about is the fact that funding these political will go a long way to preserve and uphold our democracy, isn't it? Yes, this is the issue. Now, this is what I'm saying. I'm saying that if we have, you know, um, alternative resources or fair resources to spend, you know, on such events, I would argue that at all cost we should look at politically funding such organizations. I understand that it might be a certain design designed by these, uh, what do you call it, political class to make sure that citizens are not admitted or sensitized their way so that they can continue to perpetuate a certain level of influence over them. However, it is all part of the conversation to sustain the argument or bring to bear the fact and um, what do you call it? The, the needed attention on the issue that such events can affect. Emma, you can go to these departments, social welfare, you can go to DOCSI, and some of these um, you know, social protection agencies, and you'll be struggling with the level of you know, logistical inadequ- uh, inadequacy and the kind of understanding that is constantly. See. And some of these issues have, have existed for. So, um, uh, what do call it? So long a time. And there hasn't been any level of consciousness by the political class to get them funded, to get them the kind of resources that they need to survive, to get them the kind of support that they need to survive in our democracy. I am telling you for a fact that if these agencies were private enterprises, I am telling you that the NCC by now would have collapsed. When I went in the regional NCC office, It was for a pure fact that most of the funding of the events of the NCC, especially with their events, things that kept the body running, were funded by the European Union, which meant that government was only investing in their salaries and emoluments. That aside, government was blatantly unconcerned about their activities and their core mandates. And so that alone comes up as very worrying that if we had other means to consolidate or sustain our democracy we would rather venture it into political parties and even if even if we consider the idea that we're going to finance political parties i was going to call for the financing or the logistical or operational support for these minor political parties, parties
5: not- uh, and you made that point earlier hey, let me ask you gentlemen and I, just a quick yes or no uh will do for me uh, chris you first uh, do you agree it's time to regulate campaign financing an entire uh i guess activity surrounding political uh activities going into an election should we regulate do you think it's time to do that yes or no we'll do hello chris regulate.
7: I mean to regulate the campaign yes, financing. The campaign financing.
5: Party. Campaign financing broadly. Put a proper campaign financing. To to, to regulate yes. I it mostly. I most don't believe that it should. Be,
7: I mean, in fact, even we have laws. We have laws to, you know, control or somewhat guide uh, the the modus operandi of financial mm. practices. The only is it, problem it, is he hasn't. He hasn't, been, he hasn't been. He hasn't been adequate. Just stay,
5: stay with me, Kilsing. Let me get Chris. Chris, you you support a proper clearly cut specific legislation to regulate um, campaign financing and political activity? Exactly, yes. I support that. The the, the regulatory body...
0: Is- Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes...
2: Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva RAM 1500, hecha para vivir. RAM es una marca registrada de FCA US, LLC.
6: Supposed to audit the source of funding that these political parties use for their activities. So we need to understand. So there should be a very transparent system mm. where each and every person or entity or organization that has contributed to a particular political party's activity, it should be stated. It should be very transparent. Everybody yeah. should know. And, For example...
5: And, 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 and indeed, uh, Chris, uh, thank you. We, I need to cross over to Parliament, but that that's the point that civil society have made that uh, there's no transparency. They are now uh, Drug barons are suspected who are pumping a lot of money into our campaigns and then uh, holding the politicians hostage once they get into public office. Chris and Peter, thank you very much. Let me give you a feel of what is happening in Parliament right now. And indeed, my colleague uh, Kwiku Sante is on the floor. I see that uh, Kweku the uh, uh, sorting has ended and uh, counting may have also have ended. Uh, what can you update us on? <coughs> Okay, we'll get Quick back on the line. Is Kweku back on, is on the line? Kwikwu? Hello, everyone. Yes, what can you report? So, um, voting
8: has concluded, voting has been concluded. The official results have not been declared, but already you would see from the majority side, to be pieces, the land the ministerial nominees have been receiving handshakes and hugs from their colleagues. In fact, the deputy majority leader himself, Alexander Senior Martin, at a point was dancing on the floor. He was actually dancing. Um, Kate Hammond in particular have had a lot of handshakes. And you would see from the minority bench, a very somber mood. They are they are tail shadow of the reaction they had a few a few hours ago. Their boisterous cells have all been a little bit mellowed and they are all sitting there, most of them on their mobile phones. The results haven't been declared. I think there were a few issues that have to be trashed out and so the leadership have gone back there to the table, and they, they, those, those issues in terms of the tallying of the result are being declared. But so far, if anything, if the, if the reaction of the majority side, if their mood, if, they, if, they, if their reaction is anything to go by, it appears that all six President in the Kufa, ministerial nominees may have sailed through because they are very jubilant. At some point, they were all, all of them got up excited, greeting each other. And all that until the leadership asks them to become become until official results are declared. We do because the microphones around the counting the counting table are all off. We have no idea at all what the results is currently. That is making the NTP MPs the jubilant Evan.
5: Thank you very much, Kweku. And indeed, we are keeping an eye on this. Uh, and once the final results. Are declared. Um, we'll cross over to uh, the Joy News now because you can uh, continue the coverage that you'll enjoy on the Joy News channel. It's also on the on our many social media platforms as well. We'll bring you uh, that update. You want to stay uh, with us uh, for that uh, as we cross over now to local room and keep an eye and wait for Parliament to declare the official results. And let's see whether indeed the jubilation that we've seen on the floor by the NPP side is premature or is grounded we
9: James, host of Sports World on the BBC World Service. For the best of previews to the sporting weekend, listen to George Addo Jr. on The Locker Room on Joy 99.7 FM.
8: Live on radio, live online, this is The Locker Room on Joy 99.7 FM with George Addo Jr
9: international break is here and took off even before we knew it. On the African continent, the tassel for those 24 sports at next year's Africa Cup of Nations and Ivory Coast continued in earnest.
8: Trickery and struggling to control it. Here's Kanga. Kanga's ball is an excellent
9: ball. It's going to be put in. They finally got the breakthrough. And would you have picked anyone less likely than him See 5th appearance for the national team Lloyd Palun has scored his first Well, listen, In the meantime, there's a
1: shot To the goalkeeper,
9: Munrane And then level with the Fashion Sakala For oh, Chipola Polo!
0: And it's only taking him Four minutes Well, I tell you
10: there was an outstanding goal Kev, For Fashion Sakala And it's a lift for a
6: player Oh, keeper
10: For his
9: country. Ghana, Central Africa Republic, South Sudan, Zambia, Gabon were amongst the winners on round three of the qualifiers. We have a full review and preview to the games that come this weekend ahead. We'll be in Europe to gauge the Euro 2024 qualifying and major fallouts from club football before the international break. We will be in Spain, Italy, England and in Germany where Thomas Tuchel has just taken over the job at Bayern Munich. There's athletics, boxing, NBA on our menu tonight and a special story of a young man making a big name for himself in West Texas A&M at the moment. We'll hear from Isaac Bosio on the show. Time to talk about what the world is talking about in the world of sport. Hello from me, George Adder Jr. and welcome. online. This is The Locker Room with George Addo Jr. Thank you very much for staying with us on The Locker Room. Always great to have you joining us. A huge international weekend has just begun with the AFCON 2024 qualifying on the minds of fans, players and managers alike across the continent. Rounds three and four of qualifying for the next Africa Cup of Nations takes place over the next few days as 45 nations bid to reach the next edition of the tournament which will take place in Coast starting in January next year. So five countries have won both their opening games including World Cup semi-finalist Morocco and reigning champion Senegal. Now the top two from the 12 groups of four go through to the finals except in group eight where hosts Coast qualify automatically and the three other teams are playing for one place. Two groups have also been reduced to three countries because of FIFA bans for Kenya and Zimbabwe. Ghana beat Angola 1-0 at the Babayera Sports Stadium yesterday, as you know, and moved top of the table. Former Ghana international like incident is confident Ghana will qualify. had a great chat with him, though, then he really, really spoke highly of the new head coach, Chris Hutin, and the fact that he believes he can definitely get Ghana over the line. Yeah,
10: for me, I think uh, it's long overdue. Uh, we all know Chris Hutin has been around the team for a while now. Um, when you look at Chris Hutin. He have so much respect in, in, in football. We're talking about English Premiership, the respect he have in the, you know, he's coached in the Premiership before, so with the experience and everything that he has. So I was so happy to see him around uh, the Black Stars technical team. Um, uh, the good thing about, about Tit is uh, he's he been around the team, so he knows the dimension and every the dynamics and everything about, about the team. Um, and I know that with his experience, he's going to bring his head game. Before, it's he's, he's like he's a technical director, the coach is there, the coach has his philosophy. He doesn't have full control over the squad. So now that he, he has full control, Daniels are waiting to see what he's going to bring on the board. And for me, with the experience and everything that he has, and I know he will put uh, very good people around him and then try to, to, to give us something. Uh, he's been around for some time now, uh, and I'm sure with the help of Y Scout, he'll be monitoring a lot of Ghanaians across the world. And then he will stand on his feet to make sure he gives us the right people to come and represent us.
9: Yeah, Lai, you have huge experience on, on, on the continent. You played Vakar Hatsafelk, you traveled very wide. Um, this is his first experience managing Africa, obviously. What, what would be your advice to him then in this terrain?
10: Yeah, my advice to, to him is for him to be firm in his decision making you know, for him to be firm. And then he should bring his A-game uh, uh, to the team as soon as possible. He should try and make sure he brings his philosophy across as soon as possible. And he have to be firm on his decision-making because we all, know, we all know it's difficult. Where we are now, this part of the world is very is very difficult. You know, he should think about trying to build a, a solid team than to, than, than to do experiment. He should put his feet down and try to build a team. For me, for me, this is what I've seen about Africans. Africans, we cannot build anything. You know, we always want to try and do experiment, experiment, unlike the Europeans that they always making sure they build something. If you look at the English national team now, they started building with uh, David, Sa- Sa- Southgate. South
9: yeah. yeah.
10: They make sure they, they package it well. They, they help him to educate himself because they know what they are doing. Mm. They, 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 they were, they were in this, level to win the euros
8: yeah you
10: know the way because they were doing the right thing you can see they changed their their, the the academy you know their facilities they're giving they're providing something good for the for the players they are scouting and everything is some was on point you know so you get results you look at germany you get Mm -hmm. results if you plan well you know where where we are now this part of the world for me i think we need to do better when it comes to planning and then trying to build a team. We have to focus on building a team that you do experiment before you realize the competition is in front of you. You have to start building a team. For me, I think I, I will play with Chris if he can put his feet down and then build a team. Build a team. If you build right. a team and the team gets used to him, he also gets used to the team. Hey, he will, still, he, he, he will, bring, he will make me do something. You know, that doesn't mean that you should close doors for the team that he picks. It's a national team. You still have to cast this net wide, go around, and then make sure you bring the right people to our national teams. For me, I think if you do that, I'm a, I'm a technical person, that's what I would do. i mm. will be frustrated if you don't allow me to build a team because other than that, you build something to a certain level and then they bring new faces in and then they spoil what you, you build. The consistency will not be there if not, we'll still go and then come back. Go and come back. That has
9: been my problem. Good. Uh, just a final one. So, how important is it for him to get the win? Uh, you know, in these games against Angola,
10: uh, it's, a, it's a very huge game. You know, very huge game. Um, for me, now, now football has changed, so you can't say you're playing home first and then going away. All you have to do is take advantage of, of, of your own, home fans. You know, you, you, you play in home, do everything. Take the game to them as soon as possible and make sure you are in control over the second leg. You know, then you go and then you, already you've seen the team, the way they, 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 they come up to you on the ball, off the ball. Then when you go away, you're in control. You know how they come to approach the game. They've also seen you, but you've seen them and then you have the upper hand. So make sure you nail it at home. Then when you go away, you already seen the team and you can adjust. And then you know what
9: you are going to need. But thank you very much, uh, Lai, for your time. And we wish you the very best um, in, in everything you do. We know you are cracking it down there, you know, in New Zealand, in Right to Dream and doing a fantastic job. We wish you the very, very best in everything that we do. And um, yeah, thank
10: you. And you know, um I've been appointed with, with
0: the- Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket?